listening to Dangerous to Go Alone. I'm Jay Ray, and with me is Amanda. Hey, yeah. How you doing? Uh, I'm okay. How are you doing? Good. It's been a while. Yeah, I haven't talked to you in ages. I know. At least not publicly on the podcast. No, ages. Ages. It's been ages. We've lived together, and this whole time we just haven't haven't had a single conversation. Just cold shoulders, slammed doors. Yeah, it's been rough. Thrown flower vases. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, we are coming at you uh, the day after our visit to PAX Unplugged. We are. And um, we're going to do something that's new for us, is we're going to cut to a couple of clips of our thoughts while we're at the show. Um, we didn't re- Actually, we didn't record anything yesterday, did we? No, it was all on Friday. All on Friday, so it was all our first day, and uh, you'll hear some of our initial thoughts as well as some thoughts from a friend of ours, uh, Maggie. Uh, so let's let's check that out. And we'll be back. Cut to the tape. So we're coming at you from Pax Unplugged. We are about what halfway through the showroom floor. Yeah, maybe a third. I don't know how far it goes back. Uh, but what's your experience been like so far, Amanda? It's been pretty great. Pretty great. It's a pretty cool con. Uh, we also have a friend with us here, Maggie. Hi. Has no Maggie was featured on an episode of the Shylock's Gaming Podcast once. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. her and Nick came on to talk about Overwatch. Oh yeah. When I thought it was a shit game. I don't really play it. <laughs> I play it a lot. <laughs> it's a fine game now. I think I said that more in spite of people. Yeah, you definitely did. Uh, but what's everybody's initial thoughts on the show so far? The PAX Unplugged. I'm having a lot of fun. It's cool to see all the different stuff that people have. It's great to see stuff you don't usually see in stores, you know? Yeah, totally. It's just a, it's just a really different con experience. It's really different than Comic-Con. It's really different than PAX East, I'd say, too. So it's pretty cool. What do you think the male-to-female ratio is? Uh, very similar to PAX East. 90-10? 80-20? Male-to-female? There was no one in the ladies' restroom, so that was nice. I know, it was great. It was great at PAX East as well. The line was only for men. Yeah. So we're about halfway through our first day of PAX Unplugged. We played Sura of the Sea. We watched some other game called Zenudo. We played Zenudo. Oh, well, I half played it. I didn't realize the beginning of the game. I played it. It was very fun. From the makers of Flux. And we, we, we didn't really play anything else, right? Uh, I don't... Oh, we played that... What was that puzzle game that we played that looked like Tetris with the big blocks? Oh, uh, yes. I don't know what it's called, but Tetris game with the big blocks. <laughs> um, so far, so good. Well, what would you say... What were your thoughts on the show so far as a whole? Uh, it's super fun. It seems like, uh, you know, mostly a lot of gameplay, whether you're doing demos with people who are trying to sell you their game or if you just go to free play. So it seems like... There's a lot to do, you know, and I like that. That's what I liked about PAX East, and that's what I like about this. So it's like come with the intention of talking to strangers and having a good time. Yeah, and playing some games. Maggie saw an individual who she had a lot of emotions about because this individual had a cone that said looking for group, and she was very concerned that he would not find a group. Well, luckily we saw him later, and he had a group. It was beautiful. It's my favorite moment of the convention. It was just minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's cool how people are willing to just get together and play and try out these games. Um, so far, so good. Yep. That's all I got. So 
now it's now we're done we're here we're home we're home we've experienced it proper in yep. full we just went for two days friday and saturday the show's still going on today when we're recording this which is sunday yeah three days then 19th yeah um so before we kind of do just our like so what are some points that you found interesting at the event some points <laughs> well so we talked about during our pax episode pax east episode but as you'd expect from a pax event there's a lot of hands-on yep a lot of playing yep and this being a mostly tabletop board game oriented show um lots of that obviously yeah <laughs> um, yeah. yeah there's a whole free play area and it was really like half of the showroom floor i'd say yeah i, I think so um you could borrow games for free um, yesterday we actually played some new games that we had bought us and our friend Colin um, and it was great actually it was really busy that day but we didn't have a huge issue sorry ignore the plane didn't have a huge issue um, finding a table though no it wasn't bad it wasn't bad so they, they seemed to have the right amount of space I think yeah, um, yeah. probably would have been worse if we had a larger group yeah that's true yeah but, yeah um, harder to find if you're playing with more than just a couple people yeah that's true um but that being said so there was a uh, exposition area exposition, exposition. Ex- <laughs> exhibition area exposition <laughs> exposition there was a there big, were many big, essays we exactly. had to read them all we were forced to yeah a lot of plot points yeah uh, um <laughs> so did anything stick out at you when we were walking like some of the booths and the offerings and stuff because it's different from comic-con yeah it's definitely different from comic-con and different from pax east i mean you know, obviously there were lots of booths with different games that people were promoting or, um, you know, trying to sell or whatever. But th- they varied, you know, like some of them were popular, like already produced games. Some were still on Kickstarter trying to get backing. Some right. were indie games that had been funded by Kickstarter, but were now available. completely funded yeah. and available. Yeah. Um, so it really struck me, I guess, the variety of, of what was available on the show floor and like what was there and what wasn't like obviously there was a Catan booth right but like also there were booths for games that were still in development by indie developers you know so um so it's kind of striking to see those things side by side yeah definitely not something you get in the same way at comic-con especially though it is something that you kind of get at pax east um, like a lot of independent developers are there yeah right next to bethesda or whatever you know next to big gaming companies so i mean presumably independent comic book artists are there yeah but are they like i feel like they're grouped separately am i wrong well there's artist alley right which is kind of its own thing right but i think there's that middle area in between what's referred to as the block mm-hmm. and then the, sh- the actual show floor there's that weird middle area that we traditionally really just walk right past i thought those were all like indie like that's what i mean but yeah. like they're in the show floor though yeah i mean and really depending on where you are they're only a couple feet away from yeah i guess that's marvel true. or star wars or whatever i guess my point is like those guys are they're in that section so if you want to see that kind of comic right book like they're stuff, still isolated they're isolated even right. though the grouping of them is right. next to marvel or whatever um but this like booth by booth i would say yeah so it was interesting to see it integrated that way and then I guess also the thing that struck me is obviously, you know, at Comic-Con, there's a lot of, like, art and stuff being sold on the show floor and toys and things. Yeah. Um, at PAX East, not really any art. No. Um, 
not really any toys or accessories that much, you know? Yeah, there was at least one booth at PAX East that sold, like, stuff. Shirts, hats, that kind of thing. For sure, for sure. At least one. Yeah. Nothing like that here. No, there was, like, literally one booth that sold t-shirts. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that was it. But there were lots of accessories, which makes sense for tabletop gaming, I suppose. Like, obviously, you know, you could buy dice, you could buy figures, you could buy boards, you could buy tokens, you could buy gold coins, like anything you might use for a variety of different tabletop gaming. Even even the table. Yeah, and not to mention furniture, right? Um, Which there was definitely furniture at PAX East. But I don't remember, like, booths selling, like, gaming accessories, like headsets, for example, or, like, other things you might use. Right. Yeah, you didn't go... You know, like, uh, even in the Nintendo area, they weren't selling, like, the, those fucking wheels you use for Mario Kart with yeah. the Wiimote or whatever, like, different gaming accessories. I didn't see as much of that, I feel like, at Interestingly PAX enough, though, I do recall that kind of stuff being sold at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, totally. Repro- like, N64 controllers with USB plugs and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah for, like, and there emulators. wasn't that kind of stuff at PAX East, which is actually kind of weird the more I'm thinking about it. Like, why weren't there, yeah. like, retro gaming stuff to purchase or, like... Right. I don't think there was even one booth of retro gaming. Yeah, yeah. of like used games. Yeah, that are still it seems like that would yeah. that would fit there. So, and PAX East had a lot of the stuff PAX Unplugged had. You know, places where you could buy a ton ton of dice and stuff. There were definitely I remember that booth for custom controllers, yep. which was definitely a yep. thing. But I don't know. So it was just different. It seemed like what was being shown was a good mix of games and then like game stuff, right? Like different yeah. kinds of equipment right. and right. like like just as many booths of people pushing their own game as there were booths that just sold stuff. Yeah, booths of people who made uh, different dice bags or like. Right. Um, it was like a three D figure modeling website that you yeah. could visit. Right. Um, some tabletop webcomic. Uh, had a booth there. Yeah. Uh, Table Titans, they're called. Table Titans, yeah. Um, a couple other web artists, I guess, started creating games. So Cyanide Happiness game was there. Joking yeah. Hazard. Uh, I don't know what this fella draws, but um, that pretending... To be a grown-up To be a grown-up game. game. Yeah. yeah and that, that's all web... Uh, yeah. That game utilized three different comic online comic artists. Yeah. In its development, yeah. Um trying to think what other games kind of stuck out i see i don't even remember that one game that we played because it was such a harried experience um but it was a standing table and we had very thin playing cards and you had to find a match with someone across from you or something that, that was called the, whatever the fish movement uh, was what was that called slap and salmon S- yeah slap the salmon something like, something that. like that that's yeah. what the game was called gotcha yeah, yeah and it's basically i mean there's there's drinking games that are like it yeah. Uh, but basically, you draw a card, and you need to find someone at the table who drew, drew the same card. Right. And then you have to do the physical action the that action. the card requires. Which you. were like a high five, a hand, no, the slap and salmon. high five, pound, slap and salmon, and switching your switching seats. Switching your seats, yeah. I think maybe those were like the main yeah, three. Yeah, might have been it, yeah. Um, it was like a minute or two. Yeah. And whoever runs out of cards first wins. Well, and that's something that really struck me, too, because we played that, and then we played another game. We did another demo of a game called... Um, the other drinking game yeah, style Yeah, it was thing. another drinking game style game. But, like, uh, there's two decks. One deck is a letter, random letter, of the uh, English oh. alphabet. Yeah. Not the Greek alphabet. And the other is, like, a suggestion. Yeah, it's like a... It's like a... Not a quiz question, but just a question for someone to submit an answer to. Right. So it'd be like... Um, the letter W, name something that you can ride 
or whatever. And yeah. then people say walrus or right. some shit. Except most of them were dirty because it was like a yeah adult style party game. I forget, I forget what it was called. I think it was called Talking Dirty or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dirty Talk or, or something. Like quick Dirty Talk. Something yeah, like Quick that. and Dirty. It yeah, was called Quick and, and Dirty. dirty. That was the name of it. So yeah, so it was interesting too to see games like that, which are like five minute games that clearly are, are made to be played at a party where there's alcohol right. or something right. Right. um and then you know of course like crazy epic rpg games that yeah, you play that, for 36 hours straight right. you know um so it's interesting to watch see those games next to each other also and see them like valued the same way you know uh, at least that's how Presented. the show pose- positioned it but yep. we didn't feel that way well of course not but <laughs> like, like what a waste of time yeah We're like, give me the stuff that takes 40 hours right but, you know, to be able to see that stuff next to each other side by side is pretty... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Striking. Yeah, yeah. What? So there was some extra areas. So, so the main area was the booths and the free play slash just playing area. Yep. Then there were some rooms that were being utilized. One was um, classic cardboard. So it was oh, like old yeah. school board games, more like family night type games. Yeah. Clue, Connect Four, Mousetrap. Yeah, we saw Mousetrap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there were these crazy games I didn't even know existed that required a VHS player yeah, and yeah. a VHS tape to it play them. It was like them. a VHS Clue. Yeah. It was nuts. Um, what else did we see? So there, there was a couple like demo rooms. There was like an alpha build room where I guess game creators are still in the you know, finishing stages of their game. Right. So they're having people come in to play test those games. Right. Then we've got, um, there's like a paint it and take it room. Yep. Te- like, I guess it taught, but the the session was like from six to 12. So 12 maybe, to six. <laughs> sorry. Yes. 12 to six. No. It was. 6 p.m. to midnight? Yeah. One, oh, one to midnight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, what do you call it? So I wondered like, it's obviously not a class then. Yeah, how much of an instruction? Yeah. Extra- Maybe there's somebody but there, there to like, help you or something. But there must have been a person or two walking yeah. around being like, oh, this is what you can do for that. Yeah. Um, coat check. Boring. <laughs> trying to think what else. Oh, and then there was some like RP rooms. Yep. There's a room where you can schedule time with a GM yep. to take you through some form of a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And you like schedule time, and you had to come in with a group of people or whatever, and then they would take you through your first session so you get a sense of how to play it. Yeah, and that stuff filled up really, really quickly. Um, so yeah. I don't really have a sense of it because we didn't get a chance to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we are adventurous enough, though, ourselves to like try that stuff without a guide. Yeah, I'm But I to. think that a lot of people won't. Yeah. And that's hard. Um, yeah. And then... Well, there was another section of the expo hall floor, uh, of the show floor, that had um, competitive tabletop gaming. Yeah. So there were different games, I, and I think you had to sign up if you wanted to. But I think you could sign up there. I don't think you had to sign up pre. No, you had to sign up an hour before that. competition. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, so that was there. And there was also a theater on the main show floor where they did some panels. And there were a couple other rooms where there were panels smaller going panels, on. Smaller panels, yeah. Yeah, smaller yeah. panels. And uh, I think there were three big theaters where there were, like, big major panels happening. And one of them was on the show floor, and there were two more uh, really? rooms. Yep. I didn't know there were two other big ones. Two other big ones, yeah. Huh. We didn't see any of them. Yeah, it's we didn't kind of sit in really any interesting panels. to us. Yeah. I mean, maybe if we continue our dive into board games, because we just like playing them. Yeah. We don't have like brand loyalty to like Steve Jackson, you know? Right. Like, yeah, Munchkin's fine, but I've never wanted to buy another version of Munchkin. Yeah, me neither. Um, 
but yeah, a lot of Steve Jackson stuff was there. Um, our friend bought his fourth version of Munchkin. He did. Um, yeah, no, it was a good experience. Friday was great because it was like so... A little quieter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Saturday was actually pretty packed, but it dispersed like in a pretty short fashion. Yeah. Like it was busy when we got in around 1030. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I'd say people dissipated into whatever they were doing. Right. So it was no longer clutter. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of the things, because like you're talking about with those role-playing rooms and stuff, like they were commitment, and like you had to go in there for yeah. a while to right. go do something like that. So once people found where they were, they right. stayed where they were for a while, even if they were just in the free play area playing a game. Right. Like they, they were probably like, doing that for an hour or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so. right. So they were sitting down, and, and actually it was a pretty good use of those tables. I didn't see too many people just hanging out at a table. Like pretty no, much everybody I saw some people eating lunch around lunchtime yeah. and stuff like that, but other than that, yeah, yeah nobody really hanging out. So, yeah. But, yeah, it was cool just to, like, walk around and to play demos of games um, or to see a game. Like, we um, we played Gloom, which we found in the free play area, but it was also on the show floor. And we had seen it because of... Um, tabletop by Will Wheaton. Yeah, Tabletops. Yeah. yeah, that show. So we knew about it already. But let's say we didn't and we happened to see, oh, that looks interesting while we were walking the show floor. Then you could walk over to the free play area, check it out, and play it. Right. You know, which so we that's tried to do cool. with a couple. Yeah, we did it with It could have been stuff. already um, taken right. out or whatever, but yeah. Right, right. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. It just as like a way to learn new games and see some right. stuff that you might not be introduced to. I was telling Jay Ray and while we were driving home, um, you know, it's hard to find new games unless you have other friends who play games and they're like, oh, well, have you ever played this? And then they just show it to you. Like our buddy Colin has that Star Trek game, which yeah. I think is called like Five Year Mission or something. Something like that, yeah. And it's a great game. And of course, I never would have heard of it if he didn't say like, hey, I've got this new game. Well, because we're not the biggest Star Trek fans alone. Right. So like anything like that would have been like, eh, whatever. Right. Right. So you kind of need like a motivator to be like, hey, check this out. And I don't really know where he discovered it, but right. you know... A, probably like how most people do i guess just one other person played it and one other person played it that kind of thing yeah so tabletop gaming seems to be word of mouth in a way that um, video games such a big expensive monolithic industry that like you get ads you know like there's yeah, commercials right. for star wars battlefront 2 and again that's a big game so indie games are, might be a little different it might be more like the board game scenario but right it seemed like a convention is a great way to like go and learn new games and see the stuff and you I know. I will say some games are not conducive to the showroom floor. Yeah, that's true too. There was this game called Ragnarok that I got stuck in. <laughs> well, because our buddy Maggie was really kind of fascinated with the art prior. Right. Um, so the next day, like I had caught the fellow at the beginning of his explanation his of the spiel. game. Um, yeah, but it was just like long. Yeah. And like at some point you lose the thread because you don't have the pieces in front of you or you can't, you're not doing the motions or whatever. Right. And, and that's like his showroom version of the pitch. Definitely challenging for like big RPG games like that for yeah. somebody to like, because you're just walking by the booth. You just want a summary in like five minutes or right. less, you right. know? Um, and it's hard to do that with games that are more complex. Yeah. For sure. So. Well, and I, I told Amanda after we walked away, but there's this really hard. Um, sorry. Sorry, uh, uh, podcast listeners, we just got an invite to the Destiny 2 raid. That's fine. Because <laughs> um, we play Dungeons & Dragons now. We do. So it's kind of interesting to see other RP games come up, and they all feel like D&D light. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, like, do I want to role play in a world that is has rules like that? Right. In a way that D&D really kind of... If everybody's on board, it allows you the freedom to do, to do whatever. To do anything, right, yeah. 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 
uh, you know, a big part of the Dungeon Master's Guide is how to create rules without breaking the game so that you right. can allow whatever. Um, what else? Uh, so we got some stuff. Yeah, we got some stuff. Um, stuff that I definitely wouldn't have got on my own. Right. Uh, but we got these dungeon tiles for our campaign, which are dry erase puzzle kind of shaped tiles. They're like five inches by five inch squares. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's 25 squares per square, and then you can fit them together like a puzzle how to create dungeons or right. reveal rooms or whatever if you're as you're DMing. A yeah, which works for us dungeon, because yeah. we do play in person. We do. Um, but in in that regard, there was actually a lot of board games that had mobile phone. Yeah, that was cool to see because you know you're starting to see how technology is affecting gaming. Yeah. There was actually a panel that was called something like that, like how. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how. Um, it wasn't called how cell phones, but like how mobile technology is affecting tabletop gaming, yeah. right? Well, because we, we had played Rick and Morty Munchkin during some of our free time. Yeah. And um, midway through, we're like, we need some way to monitor this. So we downloaded an app for it. Right. We bought a game called One Night, a new version of it. Is it called One Night? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a mobile app for it because there, there's a narrator. Right. Um, well, you know, someone could be the rule reader or whatever, but the point of the app is to like alleviate that from us, right. so that this digital narrator can guide everybody through the game, and no one is like the master. Right. Um, and then there was another game that we didn't really get, and it was kind of hard to understand. But it's like a storytelling game called Weave. Yeah. And um, the shtick of it is like they're very, very pretty cards. I think that's what drew me first. Yeah. Um, but you can scan the card using their app, and then it has the rules or whatever for that card. Right. Um, yeah, not that you can. You have to. You have to have the cards. Yeah, you, and have, you have, to have to have the app. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you need both things. Um, and they said something like you could print out your own cards, I guess. Um, oh, interesting. I wonder if that's like a Kickstarter thing, maybe. Maybe. Um, but I saw reports in the app store that the game, the app is not great. Yeah crashes a lot and then when we were watching another demo the second day one of my guy couldn't couldn't yeah. get it to work he used yeah. like two phones and it was crashing so yeah i didn't follow that's through not great. yeah but yeah that's an example of like if the technology doesn't work then the game can't be played right yeah which is like a kind of a hindrance for sure so you gotta do the risk reward thing there yep um we got Sura of the seas which yep. is a great little game that we played three times this morning. Because I, I died immediately twice. Yeah. Um, and you're basically boats trying to navigate the uh, the wild ocean <laughs> and not run into dragons. Yeah. Um, and plays just like Sorrow. Yeah, the original, the original one. Uh, it's just uh, with the added oh, dragon yeah, feature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have to follow the path and it's funny, stand as, the board. As we were reading the rules yesterday, we realized that because we, we debated for like five minutes which version of the game we should get. Right, if we should just get Sura or Sura of the and, Sea. And we realized after the fact, luckily, that we picked the right game because Sura of the Sea, you can just remove all the fancy stuff. And just play Sura, yeah. So uh, that was good. We bought One Night, as I said. Yep. Yeah, and then we bought some figurines and a dice bag for our, our D&D campaign. That's true. But all stuff I don't think we would have been running out the door to get if we weren't there. No, it's true. Um, and, but also, I, I, just as a caveat to that, stuff that I think is useful. I mean, the games obviously are games, but like the dungeon stuff, like oh, yeah. going gave us the idea to do some cool stuff that that's I think right. is going to really enhance our campaign. Right. Um, so that's pretty neat, yeah. you know? Like right. It's not like stuff we shouldn't have bought or whatever. Right, I know? agree. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, overall, it was a really fun show, and it was, like, in a great place in Philly. Yeah. Like, really accessible, lots of parking. Yeah. Um, lots of options uh, for things to do before or after the yeah, event itself. Yeah, to leave and get food, or to leave and go get a drink, or yeah, to whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's all right there in, like, downtown near Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, which is really, way more convenient than Javits. Yeah, and way more convenient than the BCEC, which is where PAX East yeah. is held. Yeah. So, of the three shows we went to, what show do you think you liked the best? Oh. So, East Unplugged or Comic Con? You know, definitely East and Unplugged. I liked better than Comic Con. It's easy to put a Comic Con down at third on that list. Yeah. Because of the, like, you can do stuff. Yeah. It's not just seeing stuff and buying stuff. Like, there's stuff to, to physically right. do. Right. Um, so, but do I like PAX East or PAX Unplugged? It's hard, right? It's hard. I mean, PAX Unplugged, I feel like if we had more time, we would have spent more time with Tabletop. We really, when we went, we focused 100% pretty much on video games. Even yeah. though there was Tabletop stuff going on in a Tabletop area. Yeah. Um, so I think if we had more time at PAX East, we could have done that too. And not that that would uh, make PAX Unplugged obsolete, because obviously PAX Unplugged, there's just a lot more options for yeah. tabletop stuff and a lot more stuff going on like right. that. But um, I feel like because PAX East has both, maybe that was my favorite. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's our dog drinking. Um yeah, I don't know. You know what it is? Is because I felt like the tabletop stuff was underserved at East. Yeah, it's definitely underserved. And um, and I can see if Unplugged is successful and it stays as a thing that's done in Philly or the East Coast, they can pull back on the tabletop things from at East. At East, yeah. But they really couldn't at the other things. That's very true. Uh, yeah, because it's just different people. Right. It's um, a good point. But... Yeah, it's hard because like we walked I felt like I walked away more excited about the thing after Unplugged than I did with East. Okay. East was fun while we were there, but... I mean, you were pretty excited after East. We stopped at a GameStop on the way home so you could buy a game you saw at East. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, yeah, like which which con made me want to buy more stuff because that's like the point right yeah i guess yeah so i bought four honor after probably unplugged though that's a good point yeah yeah because we were really excited we got stuff there yeah um because that being said with those video games you actually can't buy a lot of that stuff there that's not how that works yeah um so it's the demos to sell you and everybody crosses their fingers and hopes when you get home they buy it well and that's what's cool about pax unplugged too so like when we bought sora of the sea the the deal they had for the expo was like you got half price off of the expansion well like of a small game but the expansion counted as that yeah right right. for sora of the sea because obviously that company makes other games too right um so and yeah and that was the same case with one night like they had um their games were sold cheaper there than they were if you just ordered them online or something right so sorry (laughs) i think she's chewing on her bone yeah i think so yeah um yeah so so i guess that's what's exciting about pax unplugged over pax east because it's not like i mean we did get like um some dlc stuff like we got that um, extra character or that extra skin for Brawlhalla for Brawlhalla and other stuff like that that was like bonuses if you did buy the game there and stuff yeah so there was similar things um, but it's not as like getting it there right now in your hand well because also we played it there right 
we opened Sorrow of the Sea there. Right. We opened uh, Rick and Morty Munchkin there. Right, which our friend had bought. Yeah, and, like, we could play it immediately. Yeah. You know? um, in a way that, like, obviously we had to wait till we got home for some of that other stuff. Right. Um, yeah, it's hard. Um, but, yeah, I think the PAX shows were just a bit better. Yeah. Because the other thing, too, part of me always wonders, like, if we go to a different comic book convention, like, there's the East Coast Con. Yep. Would that be fun? Because it's more centered on comic books. And right. I feel like, no. Right. Because we're not into comic books. We yeah, like we that pop really culture be. stuff of right. Comic Con. Yeah. So so it's it's tricky. And then the other thing, too, is, is PAX just less popular and that's what's good for us because right. we don't like the crowds or we, yeah. are they better at managing the crowd? I think it's probably less popular because yeah. Comic-Con has just become a like very... Um, it's like a very it's universal... It's very mainstream yeah. and universal and everybody I know wants to go regardless right. of if I would consider them like nerds or not. Yeah. Yeah, so... All right. So any closing thoughts? Want You want it to happen again? Do you want to see it grow? Do you have any tips or suggestions for them? Yeah, I mean, I would like to see it grow for sure. I mean, what was really unfortunate about the show was that it got split up and I don't know why that happened yeah. but like the convention center is really huge and there was more than one convention going on at the same time there so a good chunk of the convention was happening in one area but there was this other piece that ha- was happening kind of like across the street in this other part of the building um, and I think that was kind of a bummer because yeah. um, there wasn't a lot over there either so it's not like you could go over there for a while and it sort of seemed like well what's the point of walking over yeah, there like and, four rooms and, yeah, yeah so um, I think it'd be better if it could be all in one place but I don't know what the challenges are with that um, right, in that right. space yeah um, so that would be my biggest thing I guess um, definitely like the the free play area I mean it worked and it was fine but like that wasn't particularly efficient how you checked out games and like Jerry checked something out and when he went to return it they were like oh we didn't have record that you checked this out so right, like that right, right. system wasn't like super great yeah um, and the and the organization of the games and I know that's hard they can only have so many people manning that booth or whatever yeah. but that got to be kind of a mess as the day went on right because the games were in theory alphabetical and yeah because honestly stuff. I almost feel like in that regard I would rather just play games that we brought or something yeah yeah, yeah so I think it'd be cooler if they had a better system for that and maybe more even more games yeah. um, more copies of games and stuff if that was just expanded because I do think that was kind of the coolest thing about the show is that you could just play sit down play a game with some people right um, which we did in demo form, but we didn't do in the free play area, but we could have. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we actually ended up just picking games with smaller Yeah, that's the thing. Sizes, like, yeah. yeah, we had games that we didn't need more people yeah. to play them, yeah, than we were than we had in our group, so. Yep. Yeah, so I, I guess those would be my, like, things you could do a little bit better. Yeah. Just a little bit better organized, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's probably about the same. Um, maybe expand the tabletop area. Yeah. Um, and like you said, have that library be a little bit more tight. Yeah. Um, I guess make it, uh, yeah, if there were more interesting panels that, and like the schedule was clearer. Yeah. Because, yeah, I wasn't 100% sure what room I was supposed to go to or whatever. And like you said, half of that place was hard to find. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just hopefully it just gets bigger. Yeah, well, and it's hard, too. The other thing I would say is, like, I really enjoyed playing the demos that we played on the expo show floor. Yeah. Um, So if there was, like, more room for that or an easier way, because, like, sometimes that was a real clusterfuck and how do you get in and, like... Right, like, do I have to wait there? And, like, when people are stopping to watch people play, which I think people should do, sometimes it blocked the aisles a little bit. So, like, 
I just I wonder if there's a better way to organize right. it or to give booths more space for tables or yeah, maybe it, that's the the um, exhibitor's fault. I don't know, right. you know, like right. where the where the fault lies with that. But I think that could be done better. Yeah, because I actually think that's really the free to play area definitely great because you could try the games. But I think demoing them and having the person who fucking made the game explain it to you is a yeah. pretty cool experience. You know? Yeah, or maybe even something where like it's a double thing where. The booth exists where they sell the game and they can briefly talk about the game. Right. But maybe in the free play area, they have designated tables for yeah. those exhibitors and it's like a separate thing they pay for. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, because then there would be a, a person who works for that company and they're just walking that row of tables, like yeah. helping people set up the games or whatever. Yeah. That, that could be a good idea. Um, yeah, because that's the problem. It's like there's a lot of stuff I just wanted to try, but yeah. there's just like, how do I get in, or do I want to wait this long, or whatever. Well, and I'm acknowledging too the difficulty of like demoing a game that takes longer than 15 minutes right, to play right. is it's challenging. Yeah. You know, like you can't sit and and people were some of the booths I did notice there were like crazy RPG games going yeah. on on the show floor, and those people were playing for like hours. I mean, something like Catan though, like I I couldn't explain that to someone. Yeah. Well, so I couldn't imagine if Catan was a new game today. Right. <laughs> trying to, like, for them to pitch what that game's about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge um, in in just, like, what the stuff is. So I, I don't really have the solution, but I do feel like that's the best thing. So however you can figure out to make that as good as it could be w- yeah. would be good. Yeah. And I think it could be better. Yeah. Based on what we did. Yeah. Um, I guess I think they were tweeting about it or something, but Colin had said it. Uh, that I guess they were talking about like growing pains, quote unquote. You mm-hmm. know, some like things that they didn't realize they were going to run into that they were running into. Of course, yeah. Um, All totally understandable. I'm right. not it's totally, here to yeah, complain. Exactly. I'm but, just, and it's yeah. good that they were aware of it like during the show. Yeah. Because then, um, you know, we could hope for them to look for it, uh, fix that stuff. Next Moving time. forward, yeah. Totally. So, would go again? Would absolutely go again and would recommend it to people yeah. in the area who, who are interested. And it's it's pretty affordable for a day. It was like twenty five bucks for the day. And yeah. Was, you know, the first year, so maybe it was a little yeah. cost and stuff. But it might go up next year. I feel like. I mean, even Pax East was fifty three for a day. Yeah, which is still not, not bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. So even if you're loosely interested, just going for a single day. Yep. Um, pretty worth it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, catch us sometime next week, where I think we're going to cover a little bit of a Justice League. And Thor Ragnarok. And some Thor Ragnarok. We watched it. We have thoughts on it. Those thoughts will be stale as shit, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> yep. Um, and we'll talk about the Justice League movie. Yeah. And I guess just a big, big thanks to everybody who is listening to this episode because obviously we haven't had an episode in a while. Yeah. We didn't come out, you know, because after Comic-Con, there was nothing to talk about because I had been going for seven years. Amanda, it was her third year, fourth year. Yeah. And it's like, well, what's there to talk about? It's like the same stuff all the time. Well, yeah. And that's that's definitely the thing. PAX is so exciting to us, definitely, because Comic-Con's getting a little stale for yeah, us. Right. Um, yeah, so. Um, but, yeah, I think our, our focus with this show is we're going to be doing it more like as stuff comes up. Yeah, as there are things we want to talk about. I mean, we'll try to make it as regular as as we can. But um, if you guys send us topics, that's that thing. would really help. That's um, the thing. Just send us some yeah we'll talk about what it. do Ask you us want questions to... yeah what about do you... our thoughts on a thing or yeah yeah as news breaks about stuff or whatever we'll uh we'll bring it up yeah um everybody watch stranger things season two because it's fucking great there it is there it is um <laughs> visit 
patreon.com slash broken jars if you'd like to uh, share some money with our network to make sure we can keep doing what we're doing visit zencaster.com and enter code broken jars all caps into your checkout to get 20% off your subscription go to www.brokenjars.xyz to check out all of our other amazing shows including uh, Great Scott the Office Podcast one of the longest running office watch podcasts on the internet yeah based on a, a single Reddit comment that I read. Jay Ray's a star, everybody. Exactly. I am. Um, <laughs> Jin. Sorry, our dog is looking She's fine. Nightlight. Okay, if she gets electrocuted, that, that's on you. Okay, okay. Um, Dresden Files podcast, all types of stuff on there that's really great. She, she's looking at She's like, you fucking yelled at me, man. You yelled at me, man. I wanted to lick that nightlight, man. How dare you, man. <laughs> and, uh,. Yeah, I guess that's it. We'll just uh, we'll check in uh, next time. Yeah, see you then. Yeah, take care. Bye. Thank you.